All right, so uh, now we're about to get into a different spirit. What do you think, Luke? You ready for that expected greatness, sir? Uh, I'm ready for it. I mean, gee whiz. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to Isaiah 6, Isaiah chapter 6. This is going to be good because, you know, we know we're fearfully and wonderfully created. We know that, Psalm 139, 14, right? We know that, right? But we don't know that? Okay, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully, that means God took special care to make sure you, you couldn't compare yourself with nobody. You know, if you was a little bit like your daddy, he was like, let me add this. A little bit like your sister, let me add this. A little bit like your cousin or your uncle, let me add this. Made sure that you were unique. Even if, if, if everything looks like, uh, acts like everybody else, he even gave you a different fingerprint. Right? You know, just to make sure uh, your only comparison to you is God's design of you. Right? Right? So that's fearfully. Wonderfully means he filled us with some wonderful things. You know, we have these treasure hidden in earthen vessels. So, um, and hopefully between this message and uh, position authority on Wednesday, we can kind of tap into some of these things that we've been um, storing, suppressing, and in some cases not even recognizing because of all that noise out there in the world, right? All right, so, so we're talking about a different spirit, and we're going to go to, I said Isaiah 6, and while I was running my mouth, I should have got there, but I didn't, so... I'll be there in a second. My tablet had no battery, so we'll be doing this from uh, my phone here. All right, so Isaiah 6 and verse 9, right? Isaiah 6 verse 9. And it says this. It says, and he said, uh, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not. See indeed, but not perceive. So he's basically saying uh, our, our hearing is beyond understanding. Our perception is beyond our, our natural sight. So our hearing is beyond our natural understanding. That's why the Bible says lean out your own understanding. And our perception is beyond our natural sight. And so like we live this life and we normally make moves based on by what we see. Sometimes we, we feel either esteem or not self-esteem or value or not having value based on what we see in the mirror. Now, the interesting thing is what we see in the mirror is totally different from what everybody else sees anyway. You know, because think about it, you can only see a, a angle of a view, right? You know, you can only see face to face, even if you go like this, right? You still really are not seeing, you know, the whole, the whole you. I, very few of us have ever seen the whole you. Even if somebody take a picture, that's still an angle. Right. You see what I'm saying? And even if they keep moving a picture around to different angles, you see a, a piece at a time. But you never see it all together, right? And so you, you ever, uh, so Terrell relate to, relate to this. Terrell works out. He trains people. So the interesting thing is, uh, well, I know Terrell, as, you, as you've been training and as you train other people, some people, uh, when you show up, you could tell that they're working on whatever you're training them, whatever you teach them, the diet or what have you. But they still don't see what you see. You know, so no matter what you're saying to them, ah, you know, I need to get my arms a little bigger. I just like, you know, you can walk up to somebody and go, man, you done got big. Be like, really? Seriously, what did I do? Or they'll go, man, you done lost a lot of weight. I did? You know, why? Because we don't see uh, everything that everybody else sees. Now, that, now, that's the natural. But in the spirit, if you walk among God, men and women of God, you don't see what they see. See, because they're looking through the spiritual lenses, so they see what's in your heart, 
that your gifts are, are screaming. But sometimes we're so uh, conformed, we can't, <coughs> we can't hear the voice of the gifts or the voice of God. We only hear the noise of others, right? And so, so sometimes somebody will say, okay, well, I want to point you to do this. Me? You want me to do that? Remember, God selected Moses. You think God was like, ah, nothing to do today. Let's grab Moses. No, no, no. Before the foundations of the world, God already knew Moses. But what did Moses say? Me? You want me to go, like, deliver a people from Pharaoh, Egypt, the people I was just with all these years? Oh, no, no, no. You got somebody else. It must be somebody else. You definitely don't want me. Right? And, and God does that. Uh, you know, uh, we, we taught the message a couple of weeks ago, what's that you have in your hand? What's in your heart? What's in your vessel? God can use it if you give it back to him, right? So, so with this in mind, um, God is challenging us to go beyond just our natural hearing and go beyond our natural seeing and, and move into perception and understanding, right? Um, so he's challenging us to, to, to seeing and hearing different, um, and you see and hear different because of a pure heart. And so, we, so the scripture says, uh, uh, you're cleansed through the word, John 15, 3, right? Inches of the word bring up light, gives understanding to the simple. So when the light comes in, the darkness has to leave because darkness can't master light, John 1, 5, right? And so God is challenging us to, 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 to wipe out the things in our heart. So we did good by coming to the kingdom. Accepting Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, right? We did good. Some of us haven't done that yet, but you can do it today. All right. But, but, but it's not enough just to, 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 to sign the role, you know? Like, you know, because that's why the scripture says make disciples. Uh, Minister James was talking about the discipleship class in the, in the sanctuary. There's one here. There's one in the sanctuary. And uh, I visited the one that's in the classroom in, in the fellowship hall the survival kit class, well, all those things is to give you the tools to live this kingdom life. It's a different life from living a world life. It's a different operation. You walk by faith and not by sight in this life, right? You don't react, you respond. Like you pray for your enemies in this life. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is messing my up right there, right? I ain't praying for that food. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? It's just a whole nother operation. We were talking about that in the spiritual authority class yesterday, uh, Saturday, 7, 7 a.m. in the fellowship hall. But we were talking about that in spiritual authority, how, you know, when you take on this life, even when you find leaders, you're looking for people that's coming out of the presence of revelation, not just giving you information, not just uh, charismatic. Charisma does not resurrect you. It does not change your life. Revelation from out of the presence of God does. Like words that quicken is what changes your life. Not just words that tickle your ear, right? But, but the culture trains us. We were talking about traditions in the um, survival kit class. Culture trains us to just get a tickled ear. So we'll flock to something that emotionally feels good at the expense of getting what's going to go deep convict us, right, shake us up on the inside, rip away the things that are suppressing all that God put, put in us, right? All right, so, so just, just, just for conversation purpose. Um, uh, we were in Bible Study Fellowship. That's Saturdays, 12 noon in the Fellowship Hall. 
And so we, on, on Fridays, we have Bible study fellowship in the mornings from 6 to 8 a.m. on the conference line. I'm, I'm plugging everything, right? But we also have a Bible study fellowship in the fellowship hall on Fridays at Friday afternoons. And what we do on the other uh, fellowship in the morning, we just walk through the Bible, right? So we're in Exodus right now. But 12 noon, we actually spend time talking about Wednesday's message. So we were talking about Wednesday's message, which was uh, positioned authority. And Karen said something that I thought was big. Um, she was sharing how when she was, uh, it was training to be a sheriff, right? What was, it? What was the training? Yes? Okay. Uh, training to be a sheriff. So, so, uh, so they were doing, uh, I might say this wrong, but I'm going to do the best I can. They were doing, uh, you know, uh, when you, marksmanship. But, but it was marksmanship first, right? Where you said you were sweet, you was like, they was calling you Annie Oakley because you was hitting all the targets, right? So now when it's time to, because we were talking about, it's one thing to know something, nothing to apply it, right? So now when it was time for, to, for the application to simulate actual situations, they sent them into a dark room. But, you know, she's sweet. You know, I'm going to go in here and I'm, I'm, I'm going to take out everybody because the goal is for you not to get killed. But they sent them in a pitch black room. So she goes in the room and she gets killed as soon as she gets in. So all that training went out the window, right? Because it wasn't just the skill, there were some other things needed, right? And so she said, uh, she said, she said something big. She says, the interesting thing is when you go into a dark room, you're at a disadvantage. Because the people in the dark can already see. They can see you, but you can't see them. Their, their, their eyes have already adjusted to the light. By the time you recognize and adjust your eyes, she was saying they took her out, right? Um, because you're not aware, right? And the interesting thing is like, so God tells us to, to walk in the light, right? He tells us to let our light so shine because we're living in a dark world. So we don't do what we, what we need to do to operate in, the, in, the, in our type of light. We're like, Karen, we're like, we walk into a dark place and we get taken out as soon as we get in there because we're walking dull. We can't see. And, and most of the things we do in our life dulls us even more. You know, uh, I was saying that yesterday, you know, I know I get a lot of flack because I'll be challenging the smoking and drinking. Man, I'm not challenging smoking and drinking for religion. We talk around here, you want to fight to see. We're getting picked off because we can't see. And, and, and just because it feel good, if it's rendering you blind, it ain't worth to feel good. Right? Okay. All right. So, y'all don't want me to talk about that, so I'll keep on moving. Right? Um, Pastor Mel was like, no, because she's okay with it, right? She said, oh, she said we got to counsel these people. Keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. Now, the person that's already in the dark has this advantage because they see you, but you don't see them, all right? See, th so we're talking about a different spirit. Those with a different spirit can see in the midst of darkness. And, 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 but what happens is when they're in the dark, since nobody can see like they can see, they get a lot of flack. So, you know, Gerard, you walk into situations and you see stuff, everybody talking to you like you crazy because they can't see it. And they're trying to convince you if they can't see it, then it's not there. But you see different because you have a different spirit. But if you don't know that you have a different spirit, if you're not playing off of what God says about you, you'll easily conform to what they say about you, and you'll dumb down your sight. 
because you're tired of people telling you, you you're not seeing what you're seeing or making you think you're crazy, right? Now, Gerard, you know I'm not just talking to you, right? There's a whole lot of people that relate, that showed up, that's watching, that relate to what I just said right now. You know, because that's what the, the frustration is, right? Like, you keep running for some place, somebody that can see what you see, and you can't find nobody that see what you see. So what you do is you either conform or you hide, right? You isolate yourself because then you ain't got to hear nobody challenging you or questioning you or you don't have to find a way to explain, show people the vision you have even though they can't see it. You understand? Did you get me? I remember I was talking to one of the athletes uh, before we moved here to Charlotte. You know, so remember before, after New Jersey, I went to Ohio and I was uh, uh, doing Bible with the football guys. So one of the guys, when, I was, when we was talking, when I was telling them we was moving to Charlotte, was like, so uh, you got people out there? It's like, nah. You got a building out there? It's like, nope. You got the money to go out there? It's like, nope. Keith, Keith, man, come on, man. I just want to make sure, man, you, 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 you thinking this through. But, but. It was kind of a vexing conversation. He wasn't trying to vex me. He was, just, he was reacting to something in 16 minutes that I had been praying about for 16 years. You understand what I'm saying? So he wasn't tripping. And then, you know, he came out here uh, maybe a year or two ago, and he said, well, to be honest, I was kind of thinking about me. I would rather you start a church where we were at. You know what I'm saying? Guess what? It would have been more comfortable to do that too. But I saw it something different. My wife saw something different. Actually, when I put together the proposal, before I gave it to the pastor, I gave it to her. She says, I'll go to this church. But she wasn't saying it as my wife. She was saying, wow, like, I will go here. Right? You know, because she saw something, because she has a different spirit. Right? And the interesting thing is how we rolled for years would be, I'm the navigator. Like, I go places. Uh, my wife is wonderful. She's a queen. Trust me. So we'd be traveling places. She'd just be rolling. She don't know how we got there, how we got back, whatever. She's just, you know, and then we could be, we could be driving. She's like, oh, look at that over there. Babe, I'm driving. So she knows, she's, she's seen some beautiful sights. I've missed them because what? I'm navigating through this stuff. Like, uh, babe, we could be in the airport. Make a left right here. Let's go right here. And she, she, <laughs> she got her little back. She's just, do, 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 do. I said, babe, turn right there. Go right there. Because she, she ain't even paying no. She says, I got to do better. I need to pay attention just in case I'm doing it by myself, right? But I, I said that to say, she came out here first. By faith, she, she got a job offers. It was crazy. You know, she couldn't even get a, get a job offer in Columbus. She got a job offer, so she came out here first. That's not how things would go. And she was living some place, she was leaving a place that she had lived her entire life. I had moved to Ohio from New Jersey. So I had been in Unfamiliar before. But she came out here, she was out here five weeks before I moved out here. Now, the first week I stayed with her, but that ain't much. And then, you know, and I was navigating on the phone. I was like, okay, babe, you're on, uh, you should be on 85. When you get to exit such and such, say, like I'm on the phone navigating. Now, why would her, who's been covered and familiar, all her family is in Columbus, come out here? Because she had a different spirit. She saw something. But, but, but. I had to reveal something too, right? You following me so far? Because some of you, 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 you don't, you don't suppress the very thing that God wants you to do. And this is the thing. Second Corinthians five seven says we walk by faith and not by sight. See, when you got a different spirit, you don't walk by sight, Gerard. You walk by faith. 
See, that's the thing that's not being factored in. What's not being factored in is faith. We were talking about covenants in the um, uh, survival kit class and how some people, uh, what's a piece of paper? Uh, what's a piece of paper? It don't make a difference. We've been together all this time. Okay, so I know I'm a pastor, but I've been single and I've been shacking. I did it for six years. Not with Pastor Melanie. <laughs> Just clear that up. That wasn't going to happen. I married her 10 months after I met her. We're going on our 30th year. I shacked with somebody. It lasted six years. You see the difference? So I've been single, I've been shacking, and I've been married. Oh, it's a difference. But if you've never been in a covenant, you don't know that. You know why? A godly covenant. You know why? Because it involves God. And so a lot of times people don't, because they haven't, tapped into the spirit, they don't understand a covenant is different. It changes everything. But if you're looking through the natural, you're like, well, what's the big deal? It's a piece of paper. But just like I tell you right now, in the natural, these are black and white words. In the spirit, you can't, you can read the same scripture for 40 years and get a thousand revelations. The same scripture. Because the Bible says in Isaiah, it says, oh, it's unsearchable. What it's saying, it doesn't bottom out. It'll keep on feeding you day after day, year after year, right? But in the natural, how these black, I'm telling you what I used to say. When people try to, in in Newark, New Jersey, try to send me the Bible. I was like, man, what's them black and white words going to do for me? I got issues. (laughs) You going to send me some pages? Give me some money. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. That's how I was thinking. I was like, man, come on, man. Why you keep bringing me the Bible, man? No, no, I, I need help. Hook me up. Get me a job. Like, you know, you know, start a business for me, something. But I didn't know. When I started reading this, I said, like, man, this is impossible. How is this knowing what's going on in my life? And it was written 1,000 years ago. I was calling my sister up. I said, I don't understand. I started reading that Bible you sent me. It seemed like every day. It knows what's happening. How is that possible? Oh, because it's, it's a different diet for a different spirit. All right, okay, all right. You got me so far? We walk by faith and not by sight. So in other words, like, so we said this, this seeing, and, seeing and hearing different, because this is what our challenge is. You know why we're depressed? You know why we're compromising? You know why we don't commit? Look, I just, I just slipped in like three. All right, I'll start with the last one. <laughs> it's, just, it's just coming out of me, all right? That's the atmosphere y'all created. All right, so we don't commit because we think, we look at how we've been and determine where we're going. Well, I don't want to commit and then, I'm, and then I mess up. Let me get to a point where I don't mess up, then I'll commit. In other words, let me take a bath before I go take a shower. Do you understand the purpose of the shower? It's to clean your behind. So why, you don't prepare for a shower. The shower is the preparation. You don't prepare to live for God. You go to God and you, and you start the process to live for him. But we start looking at, like I used to do that. My wife's like, okay, so what I need you to do is this, that, and the other. Okay, hold on now, babe. I don't, okay, I'm not saying I'm going to do, do, do that. I'll try to do that. So I'm giving myself an out. Or like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, what? 
A loophole. Right, right, right. This message living in a loophole. You got to go listen to it. Right. So I was giving myself a loophole just in case I what? But like I told you for years, a high wire walker with a net is prepared to fall. The best guys walking a high wire don't have nets because falling ain't an option. Those with nets fall a lot. You know why? They're prepared to what? Fall. So if you go, I can't commit because this may be, might happen, I'm prepared to fail. Don't get mad. That's why people do prenups. They're prepared for divorce. Now, I said don't get mad because I have people that, that, that are watching that their culture says get a prenup because they got millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? Don't get, I said don't get mad. I got I to gotta preach the truth, right? Right? You prepared for what? Matter, you, okay, I was about to say something. I don't, I don't know if it's legal. <laughs> I was like, you, you, I don't know if you want to get married if you need a prenup. <laughs> like, I felt that for you. I felt that for you. Ooh, we okay? <laughs> All right. All right, so, so the goal is to see and hear different, I need a pure heart, right? To see and hear different, I need a pure heart, right? Um, and, and the Bible says this in Matthew 5, 8. Blessed, right, are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. See, so, so a lot of times, see, I operate different. If I see God, do I compromise? Because God's right there. You know why I'm so easy to compromise? Because I can't see God. But if I can see God, like there's some things I just can't do, man. Like if God, uh, God told us to do stuff like right now, uh, I got to be all transparent and everything. Why I got to be exposed? I need to call y'all up here and y'all need to tell me y'all business. <laughs> y'all get to hear mine. So, so, you know, as we go through periods in church where mostly for the most part we do well. I don't have debt besides the mortgage, which is only 247000 right? 246000 to be specific, right? So, so all the 21 acres, the, building, the buildings, everything is 246000 And that's less than some people's houses, less than mine, right? But you still got to navigate through benevolence, loving people, uh, maintenance. You know, you know we, we got to navigate through all that. So sometimes you get in these pockets in these seasons where, like, like if y'all know, she'll tell you this. My financial, how I roll, like I'm not over the top with nothing. So I'm, no, I'm normally comfortable. I do good stewardship for a reason. Oh, we got way more than uh, a few months in reserves, right? So we don't even operate off the reserves. But when we start to have to operate off the reserves because... We got to take care of something. Yeah, I saw your estimate. And so we got to take care of things. And so I'm tempted like y'all are to choke. But I'm not choking from the standpoint of it's our last. I'm choking because I got to stretch outside my comfort zone. Now, if I had, we had to take care of the bathrooms by itself because we need bathrooms, right? We're preparing for something. <laughs> ah, something different, right? So 
If that was by itself, it would be cool. But the Lord says, in the midst of that, he says, okay, I need you to bless this. I need you to take care of this. I need you to take care of this person, take care of that person. I need you to take care of this person. Oh, I need you to, to double up on taking care of this. I'm like, Lord, but we got to, you know, we just could just reserve all that to do this. We're going to be good, man. Why are you trying to, like, make me uncomfortable? Because he said, you got to walk by faith and not by sight, too. You, you understand what I'm saying? Y'all don't know all that's included in that. But there's a lot going on right now, you know, and y'all can choose to be obedient with your tithes and offering. Or you can't. Uh, but you know, you understand what I'm saying? Y'all have choice. But I, I know what you're saying. You're saying you really don't if you really want to live this blessed life and covenant with God. I get it. I get it. You see how people like, no, we don't. No, we don't. No, we don't. Stop saying that, Pastor. All right. Right. See, I, see, my wife said the people that said that are people with a different spirit. But, but, the, but, but, but how I operate with tithe and how I operate with, or how we operate with benevolence here at the church, it has to be independent of circumstances. It has to be all obedience. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, we have to be obedient. So regardless of what you, if, if some of y'all that don't have a different spirit, they said it, so I'm going to use it. Don't have a different spirit, decide, ah, we're not going to do that because we're going to, we, we're going to, in fear, we're going to hoard. We can't do that. There's some things I've had to do recently. I'm like, man, I, I would have rather not do them. But I, I'm afraid of God. Yeah. Right? Amen. I see God. You know why? Different spirit. All right. So, so. Now, y'all said the different spirits part. I just took advantage of it, okay? For the people online that, you know, what's he trying to say? I don't have a different spirit. You said it, not me. All right, so, don't, so, so this is the thing I learned about people with a different spirit. And I was sharing this with a young man this week. Uh, and I've been sharing this all my life because I had to learn it. You can't assume everybody sees what you see. You could have a different spirit. Who says it's normal perception? So this is what I mean by that. You know how you see stuff and you get mad at people like, anybody can see that. But you're saying anybody can see it because you saw it and you think your sight is normal. But suppose you have a different spirit. If you have a different spirit, that means you saw something that other people would normally see. It was easy for you to see because of God, how the God designed you. So now you'll be a lot more patient to help them to see what you've seen as opposed to expecting them to have already seen it and get mad. You saw that. Did they? Right? You see what I'm saying? And that's what, when you have a different spirit, and see... That's why we got to get in God's face so we know who we are. Because if you don't know who you are, you'll be operating different. And then you chipping on everybody else because you think you're not different. You think you're normal. But we're not normal. We're peculiar people. Right? And so, so, so now you, he's, I got that from It's Supernatural. See, Roth be like, well, the supernatural is normal. Right? Right? You understand? Like, like, we have to understand we, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and we, we listen, uh, Numbers 14, 24. Let's look at this. Let's give you some chapter and verse. This would be our, our, I know I read a lot of scriptures, but this would be our foundation of scripture for what we're talking about, a different spirit. You know, uh, oh, you know how I, I read this book a long time ago, Eating for Your Blood Type? And it was like, so you, so based on your blood type, there's certain things your blood requires, right? So that means, and the interesting thing is, we eat opposite of our blood type. 
well, we have eaten opposite our blood type. So my blood type is A positive, say, I, I need vegetables. She's O positive or O? Actually, she has a rare blood type, right? They, she, she can tra give everybody transfusion. She can save everybody's life. All right, but this is, this, the thing is, but that, that means she would eat more meat. That girl loved vegetables. I like protein. I like meat. So I work to eat vegetables. Now, the thing is, I don't think you work to eat meat either, because you, you like eat. <laughs> you know, but, but what I'm saying is, it, there's a unique design to us. You know what I'm saying, in terms of just physically. But spiritually, we can't take any diet. All the frustration that we've been having is because we're on the wrong diet. You on mama diet, grandmama diet, you know, like, like you, we, we conform to the, we talked about this, traditions, experiences, and stuff like that in our environment. That's not our diet because we're king's kids. So we need king's diets, queen's diets. You see what I'm saying? That's why God draws us in the kingdom of God. But what we do is we spend more time outside. Like, we're worried about, how do I fix this? Oh, my God, what do I do? Oh, you know, there's tools for that. But you got to go deeper to find them. We go, well, I've gone deep enough. Well, if you've gone deep enough, then you would have the power to change it. Suppose you going deeper is about you changing the situation and changing you. So you can be that different spirit that God's designed. That's why we carry weight. Right? Both mentally and physically. We carry weight because we feel this void and we try to feed it with the world. Not knowing that demand is for a new, a different diet. Right? All right, so we good? What did I say? Uh, numbers 14. All right, so, so this, you know, the backdrop is the children of Israel, you know, it's time for them to go to the promised land. So they came up with the grand idea to, you know, to send spies, right? So they send the spies out and, you know, they go into the, the, the land, which God had already promised them, land flowing with milk and honey, right? And they come back and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. So, so 10 of the spies come back and be like, 10 of the spies, so majority, right? Everybody, <laughs> right? Come, everybody come back and go, Man, no, no, man, no, we're not able to take that land. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. So how do you know how you are in their sight? Did you interview them? No, you were looking through your lenses. You saw yourself as a grasshopper because you saw them as giants. Right, so they come back like, no, no, we're not doing, we're not, we can't go. But Joshua and Caleb, they jumped up and said, oh, no, 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 we are well able to take the land. But it wasn't. It wasn't based on what they saw. It was based on what God said. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so here, here, let's look here at uh, what God thinks about Caleb, one of, one of the two. Uh, verse 24 says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit uh, with him and has followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed shall possess it. Right. Now, the Amplified says, but my, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will, bring, I will bring him into the land in which he went and his descendants shall possess it. So he had a different spirit. 
So he processed the same thing that was intimidating for others as, oh, no, we, we can take this out. So Caleb was the eagle in the midst of the sparrows. Remember, because we said sparrows see storms and run. Eagles see storms as an opportunity to use the wind to elevate to another level. Sparrows are in fear of the possibility of a storm coming. Eagles are in anticipation of the storm coming. They want the storm because they, they want that wind so they can soar to higher heights, right? So they, they, they have a different spirit on them. You see that? You see the difference? See, so people with a different spirit, they follow different roads. So Matthew 7, 13, it says, narrow is the way that leads to life and peace, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. So people with a different spirit are on the narrow road. It says, not many go thereby. Because everybody ain't different, so everybody's not going to be on the narrow road. When they're driving on the highway, everybody's going to be in that, that one lane, all backed up when they could have just gotten another lane, moved up, and got where they were going. But since everybody else got in the lane, they jumped in and followed everybody else. See, I've been watching. I've been watching. I, I pay attention. Uh, I've been like this my whole life, though. I, I pay attention. But I watch how so easily we can form. And it's hard. It's hard because you're like, well, I got I to gotta keep up. You know, this is the new trend. Even, you know, we do social media and stuff like that here. James is doing a phenomenal job with social media, right? But, you know, so now you got the social media where everybody uh, does clips and like, like, like we're all like uh, visually impaired. So now they, they, everything's typed out, you know. So when you see the clip, everybody got the little special clip where when they're speaking, what they're saying is typed out. Everybody's doing it. So how do you stand out? If everybody's doing it. Yeah, now y'all, y'all might get a little bothered by this, but it's okay. So, see, I said y'all, so I'm hoping y'all gonna be cool. So you got people that, uh, now, now, now everybody got a derby party. So it's the guys with, with the big derbies. That's everybody. That's the, that's the thing. So how do you stand out? We all got derbies. All right? Everything is, is all white now. Everything. Funerals is all white. Funerals are all white. Showers is all white. Everything's all, Don't get mad if you did it. I'm just saying everything's all white. So how do you stand out? It's not unique. Everybody's doing it. But you got a different spirit. Where's your flavor? Well, you don't want to do your flavor because I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you wearing that? Yeah, I, I, was, in, I was in a barbershop one day and, and uh, the person was uh, picking with Michael Jordan. And he was like, yeah, Michael Jordan wearing them uh, wide leg pants from back in such and such. Mine's kind of wide too. So I ain't changing it because it's what I like. I didn't say nothing. Oh, man, somebody's really going to be bothered by this, but it's cool. But this is what I was thinking. So Michael Jordan, number one, is a billionaire. He can wear whatever he wants, and his stuff is custom, right? You're in the shop. Everybody on your team is wearing the same thing. If we got a picture of Michael Jordan and what he had on, and we got a picture of how y'all look now, trying to, trying to wear the Italian stuff and you're out of shape. <laughs> Looking like a sugar ice cream cone <laughs> with extra ice cream on top. You know what I'm saying? You know how the, the top is? Oh, that's not nice? I didn't say no names. It still wasn't nice? 
I'm, well, I'm talking about those that are conforming, right? If they really suck. But see, people don't care how they look when, when it's accepted by everybody. Isn't that amazing? If, if, if it's the fad, I'm not worried about how I look. They're going to accept me because it's in style. Yeah, it's in style, but it's not for you. Right, okay, so, so that was me going off my little soapbox. I'm going to come back. Y'all mad? I mean, wear those things if you want to wear them, but wear them because you like them. Right? Wear it because you like it, not because everybody else doing it. All right, see, here y'all go. Y'all mad. I know you're mad. It's okay. It's okay. I'm traveling a different road. <laughs> All right, so, so the scripture says many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew 22, 14, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. Well, few are chosen because very few people are operating in their different spirit and they're loving it. Most people are conforming. So why would God select all the conforming ones when he's designed us to transform? Right? The scripture says don't be conformed, transform, right? Transform into what? To, to the unique design that I've given you, right? I mean, I, I, listen, I conform, I did all that. I, I mean... I ain't create half of the stuff I wear. I saw it somewhere, okay? So, we okay? I'm just talking about the reality of the teaching. All right? We good? All right. <laughs> All right, so first, first Peter 2. First Peter 2. Because this book is, is kind of trying to, Scripture says you, when you look into this book, uh, you, you're like beholding yourself in the mirror, you're changed into what? His image day by day, what he designed you to be, right? Because God said, I made you in my image and after his likeness. God is a creator, not a perverter or not a mimicker. That's Satan's job. He mimics, he twists what was already created. God's a creator. He made us to be creators, us to do things that have not been done, us to do things that are different. We've lost, some of us have lost our creativity. We've lost our difference. So busy trying to meet the approval of man. Okay, so First Peter 2, 9. All right. Where am I here? Oh, 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Look, a peculiar or a special people that you should show forth the praises of him has called you what? Out of darkness, Right? into his marvelous light, right? Out of that dark room where you're getting picked off into his marvelous light, where you can see yourself clearly and see who's coming at you, right? And so Romans 12, 2, let's go there real quick. I know I, I, I quoted it just now, but it's good, always good to put, uh, is it, is it uh, Trina, put your eyes on it? Put your eyes on it? <laughs> All right, so Romans 12, 2. <clears throat> It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So sometimes we're trying to do somewhere around the will of God, but there's a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And normally that's when you're obedient to what God purposed and designed you to do. Not the, the, coming up with the excuses for doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing, Right? And so, 
as I was reading through that, I realized something. Conformers aren't different. So they can't operate in a different spirit. Right? See, see, Philippians 2, uh, Trina talked about Philippians 2 earlier today. She said, let this mind be in you is also in Christ Jesus. Right? Christ had a mind to be what God designed him to be, to be different. When he showed up, he was different. Like, what manner of man is this? Even the winds and seas obey him? Right? And, and so uh, Trina also referenced 1 Corinthians 2.16. It says we have the mind of Christ. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, that's the discipleship personality class this morning. It's on video. You can go back and look at it from 9.15 today. Put a plug there. Trina Bailey taught it. It, it, it. Thinking Christ's thoughts. Was that the topic? Thinking Christ's thoughts. Right? And, and like, so when we are transforming, we transform into thinking like Christ we're okay with being dis, uh, different in the midst. I mean, they talked about him, attacking, whatever. He was like, no, I'm, I'm representing what I'm supposed to represent, be who I am. So you can't, see, it takes a different strength to operate in a different spirit because everybody ain't doing it. Now, 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 don't let the adversary flip this into, see, that's, you know, that's why I say I'm doing me. No, you're doing them. Doing me would harmonize with what God designed you to do, right? Does that make sense? So we can't forge a different strength, the strength that we need to operate in a different spirit if we don't resist the current of conformity. We're not going to be able to operate because that current, listen, it was always coming at you fast. It's coming at you faster now. Like, it's, like when we were younger, a lot of the, the conformity of the world had to get to us, or we had to go seek it. You don't have to go seek it. We didn't carry around phones when I was younger. Like, like, guess what? We had to be creative. We had to create games. We couldn't search the internet for games. We had to use our creativity. Like, we made up stuff. Like, we, we made up tops and, and all types of stuff. We took the little, the, 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 it was actually the Seagram's Gen, gen uh, uh, caps, and we would get the, the cap, those were the best caps, and then you would get the bottle cap, and then you would put wax inside it, then get a smaller cap, put on top of it to create the weight. So, and see how some people don't even know what tops is, but we would take the hopscotch uh, thing that they would do, you know, hop, hopscotches, you know, you, you, you know, doing that stuff. So we would take that and use those numbers, and that was how we would score. And you take your little top and flick it and try to knock the other person out of the, the, the score and stuff like that. We were just making up stuff. Listen, I had army men. I would get packs of army men. I'm a different guy, right? I would take the army men, and I would customize them for what I wanted, my story I was creating. So some guys had guns. I would cut the guns off to create fists. Because that was the dude that was going to go in and knock everybody out. You know what I'm saying? I had them, you know, and I had my snipers. I had them all over. Like, I'm by myself. To this day, I can play by myself. I can work out by myself. I can work on my game by myself. You know, I participate with people if they want. But if not, I'm like, oh, nobody's going to play with me. I don't need nobody to play with me. I can play by myself. Because I still have creativity in me. I got plenty to do. I'm bored. You done lost something if you're bored. Normally you're saying you're bored, you need people or places to what? Take away your boredom. Oh, you don't, you, you looking on the outside, you need to start looking on the inside. There's something different in there. 
that would, that's to be excited. If you was working on a book, if you was working on a painting, if you was working on a business, if you was working on a project, how are you bored? Okay, all right. How's that going on? If you was working on a sermon, it's working in the Word, discovering and studying. How are you bored? How are you bored? How are you bored? What's going on? Right? See, we're different. Right? So we, so we don't want to conform. But again, we can't forge a different strength if we don't resist the current of conformity. We can't just let the waves take us wherever they want to take us. That's what we call contagion. That's, what, that's, a, that's a, a first stage of manipulation. Contagion gets you to go with the flow. No, I'm sorry. That's the second stage. First stage is suggestibility. I need to get your attention. Second stage is contagion. Gets you to go with the flow. Third stage is submergence. I take over your difference and make you just like me. Right? That's what's happening in this world. And so remember we did the teach and um, finish the movie? Because a lot of times in our lives, we're at stages where we're at the beginning of the movie. And we're frustrated, but we just need to finish the movie. You know, like you watch the movie and it seems crazy at the beginning. Just finish the movie, man. You're going to shut the movie off like you're 15 minutes in. I can't believe they did that to her. Man, it's crazy, man. Finish the movie, man. Same thing in our life. I can't believe this is happening to me. Hey, hey, I can see God going, hey, the movie ain't over. Finish the movie. You can relate to that, right, Chris? Finish the movie, right? (laughs) Ooh, that's good. Finish the movie. So there's a movie you're doing, but there's a movie you have. You got to finish that too. All right, so anyway, you got to complete it though. You understand what I'm saying? Like, like there's, there's, we got what we need, but we got to complete the process of getting the nourishment to draw it out, right? So, so finish or complete the movie. See, those with a different spirit are patient enough to get the details now so they don't have to go back and get the details later. See, sometimes we're rushing to at the expense of. And then we get someplace and we don't have what it takes. You know, it's like rushing in that dark room, <laughs> right? <laughs> but there's some other stuff I needed to master going into the dark room and not getting taken out, right? Some of us are rushing into things, but we're not taking the time to get the details. I can't believe I'm going through this in this relationship. I believe it. You should believe it too. At first, I used to say, I couldn't believe I, I can't believe I went through that. But now I'm, I'm mature. I know exactly why I went through that. I rushed into a relationship. Because I was bored. Because I wasn't operating in difference, I was operating in conformity, and it created more thirst. Like drinking a Coca-Cola and beer on a hot day. I'm thirsty, I take whatever you give me that's cold and wet, and it dehydrates me. Creates more thirst. We taking on things that's making us more thirsty. That's another teaching, can't get no satisfactions out there on video, right? won't get into that right now because I know that's not exciting to hear, right? Pastor Mel said people don't like to hear the word thirsty, <laughs> right? Right, so, so I, I, we were, uh, I forgot what the message was. It might have been, I think it was a Wednesday night. It might have been, what's that you have in your hand? So at the end on Wednesday nights, we come up and share what we learn or, or, or or what we see or ask questions. We have an exchange on Wednesday nights. It's a wonderful time, right? Every Wednesday, 7, 7 p.m., right? 
Uh, just plugging stuff. That's cool. It's, you know, some people can't make it. It's on video too, by the way. It's live. It's live. And you can, you can ask questions live. You can chat or you can call in. Yes, we have no excuse. All right, so, but one of the nights, and I think it was, what's that you have in your hand? David got up and spoke. He said, uh, well, actually, he said, I was locked in from the first five minutes of, we, of, of, of this teaching. He's almost like what came out arrested him, right? And, and what I saw there is he didn't drift. Because, you know, sometimes you can be here but not present. It's an old song, your body's here with me, but your mind's on the other side of town, right? So, and, and, and so why was he present? See, he has a different spirit. And with a different spirit, God just doesn't have your body. He has you spirit, soul, and body. He got your mind too, right? Like, like, like you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you all my business, but I pick up stuff. I just allow people to grow. I could be teaching. Somebody could be texting something. They, they, they could be what, going through the internet. Like, why the sermon's going for? But, but it's a default. You see what I'm saying? And, 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 and it's hard for a person to stay focused. And then a lot of times they say, well, you know, I, just, you know, I wasn't focused. No, you, that's training. Remember, you got to go through the agony. Then it becomes an appetite. Then it becomes amusement. Some of us, we've never gone through the agony. As soon as it gets uncomfortable because we're used to being spoiled coming up, we shut down. But it takes a different spirit to stay locked in. So can't can God get our minds, right? We've been keeping our minds to ourselves, using them for worry and other things. We'll come to service and worry about all our circumstances when God giving us the word to change them. Hmm. See, those with a different spirit aren't too busy to pay attention. Those with a different spirit aren't too busy to pay attention. Those with a different spirit aren't drifters. They aren't drifters. Uh, something Marcus and Stella were saying in their teaching, they said, are you drifting and not knowing it? So, you know, sometimes you can be drifting and don't even know. Right? That's what you guys were talking about, right? Like, you, you, you can just not know it. Um, uh, they use the scripture that says, give uh, uh, Hebrews 2.1. It says, give heed. To, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing it or crystallizing it. It says, give. No, we're going to go there. Let's go to Hebrews 2. This is how people with a different spirit operate uh, and, and, and how you either know they're not uh, drifting or they try to challenge themselves in this area so they don't drift. So Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to hit the first verse. Hebrews chapter 2. And again, we're talking about a different spirit, operating in a different spirit. I'm going to share something with you, and and I'm not going to share it with you to convict you or to condemn you, but maybe for you to set a target in a second after we read this scripture. Hebrews 2 verse 1. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Earnest heed, right? It says, lest at any time we should let them slip. 
And so Trina was teaching this morning, and she was saying how um, the natural man can understand the things of God, nor can he discern them, for they're spiritually discerned, right? They're spiritually received and absorbed, or they take on the illumination. So we're operating in the natural. We can't operate in the spirit. If we operate in the natural, we're gonna oper- we won't operate in a different spirit. We'll operate in a conforming and a normal spirit. So what she was saying this morning is, she said, so you can come in and sit in service and operate in the natural, receive the word, and it'll just bounce right off of you. But you, you did another example. You, you, you said bounce, you, you said different words. What was it? Fall off. You said, you said, it's a shame. It's just, it's just be falling off. She said, sometimes it's falling off when you get out the door. She said, sometimes soon you stand up. <laughs> yeah, you know, sat there, heard the word. You stood up and all the word fell in the seat and you walked out of here without it. Right? You know, because it says, it says some uh, receive the word and Satan steals it immediately in Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 4. It says some receive the word with gladness and get offended and that word is uprooted out of them, right? It says some people receive the word, because it says some people receive the word on stony ground. It says some people receive the word, it takes root. But then the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in, well, it says, the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. It ain't just getting the word, it's producing the fruit from the word. See, because some people with a different spirit is that fourth one, that person that receives the word, it takes root and it produces fruit. But you got to stay with the word through the agony into the appetite till it becomes amusement or pleasurable until you see fruit, right? Well, ain't nothing happening. Okay, so you're the the seed goes in the ground after, after a couple months. So you're orange seed. You go on the ground, and in two seasons, you see the tulips blossoming, and you get frustrated. Man, look, tulips, they showing their flowers. Man, I, I ain't, ain't nothing happening with me. You're an orange tree. You got to, you got to, you got to, it's going to take a little bit longer for you to marinate, right? You're different. You see the difference? And so, uh, uh, Stella Marcus was saying this. God hasn't moved, we have. God is still there waiting to do his thing and to produce difference in you. But a lot of times we get pulled and distracted by so many things. So I share this with you because this this is different. Don't get too convicted. See, attentiveness is different. I've been telling people around here for years, uh, you taking notes or you doodling over there? Which one? Both? All right, so what notes you took? Let me see. All right, let me see this real quick. All right, so these are two people taking notes. How old are you? 14. See, my buddy over here, she's 14. She got notes. Just let y'all know, she got notes. It's good. Glad you got notes and you wasn't just doing <laughs> Hope, how old are you? 31. 31? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Gee whiz, you look like you're 14. I'm just playing. All right, so, all right, so, so. So we, you increase your memory by 66% when you write something down. See, I noticed something. If I told y'all right now, uh, for each person here, there's $60,000. Um, but, but you got to follow a particular plan to get to the $60,000 today. 
Would you commit it to memory or write it down? All right, so, just, just, so you know how people jump and say they write it down? I'm going to tell you what some other people did. They thought about where I was going, and they didn't answer the question. See how we do here? Why are we doing all that? We're trying to grow, right? See, that's the thing. I'm, I told you, I'm not saying it to convict you or to condemn you. Set a target to be attentive. See, that's why we miss things. How many times? We have this conversation all the time. My wife was like, yeah, I'm going to remember it. And then she's like, oh, now what was that? You know, I, listen, I have a very great memory. I write everything down. Because I got so much coming at me. Listen, if I don't write it down, I'll tell you, send me a text. We could be in the car. I get a revelation. Babe, do me. Send me a text with that. Or what she does now, she starts recording the conversation. Well, that's just us being attentive. And I get, I, I was telling them uh, in the Bible school, like, God's writing your sermons. You know, fast week's coming up, people going to teach. He's writing the sermons. He's writing the sermons all through the day. But sometimes we're not paying it. Ah, oh, yeah, that's deep, but I don't really got time to write that down because then I'm going to have to go into it. Exactly. <laughs> it could change your life and somebody else's. Right? I sat in there. When did y'all teach fast week? When was that? The last one was, I don't know, it's March, March. I wrote it down, and I still got it. And it came up. Now you got it. I can't be responsible for taking notes in class. You need to take your own notes. <laughs> you know, in school, you be like, yo, you get those notes? Did you get that? Cool. I'll see you later on after practice. Good. All right? No, no, we got to take our own notes. All right? Suppose I forget. All right, those with a different spirit are unafraid of perfection and holiness. Unafraid of perfection and holiness. Unafraid of perfection and holiness. Let's look here at uh, uh, Matthew 5, right? We're talking about a different spirit. So I know everybody's thinking nobody's perfect. I didn't say that. Did I say that? What did I say? Unafraid of perfection and holiness. Now, Matthew 5, this is in red letters, so Jesus is constantly giving instructions. This is around the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he talked about pure in heart earlier in the chapter. He talked about those that mourn shall be comforted, right? He talked about how to inherit the earth and how to, how to possess heaven, you know? He talked about the humility and the meekness that you have to operate in to possess both of those, right? But then you get down here to the end of this chapter, he says, he closes out with this. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Why would he put that in the Bible if it wasn't a possibility? Now, we're not going to be perfect in ourselves. We're going to be perfect in him. Remember, we're crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. It's not I. It's Christ who lives through me who is perfect. So if I'm operating in a perfection, it's not me. It's Christ. That means I've totally gotten out of the way. You know why we don't operate in perfection? Because we're involved. But it takes a different spirit to decrease, to present itself as a living sacrifice, Romans 12.1, right? It takes a different spirit. I didn't say the verse? I, look, see, we... See, no, this is good. If we was really paying attention, even if I didn't say the verse, I did say at the end of this chapter, I did say that, right? Verse 48. But I did say that, right? 
right? So worst case scenario, we'd have went to what? At the end of the chapter. There we go. All right, not picking with Pastor Mal. Look, and she wasn't even mad. Look, she's smiling, still got this wonderful smile on her face. She wasn't even mad. Somebody would have got offended. But she said, why are you going to put me out there like that? No, I'm just using it as a teaching moment. And she understood that. You know why? Because she has a different spirit. Yeah, she was just, just, that's mom. She's trying to get something to y'all. All right, so Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 16. All right? Be perfect. What is that? Nobody's perfect. So we see, you don't make rules by the exception. You strive for perfection. And if you fall short, you're in a better position falling short of perfection than falling short of failure. Well, I know, you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody's failed. So I'm just, I just focus on failure. And if I do a little better than that, I'm good. Man, I'm going to reach for the stars. If I fall short, I'm in the clouds. I'm not reaching for the top of the curb. If I fall short, I'm in the sewer. What kind of measure is that? All I, I take a step, I win. I ain't going nowhere. I just took a step. Look, I'm, look, I'm on the curb. Yeah, you ain't never been on a curb like me. Are we serious? What are we doing? <laughs> oh, picture that. All right, so Second, second Corinthians. Second Chronicles. Yeah, I just picture that. Was it Captain Morgan or something? <laughs> B.C. days, B.C. days. All right, so 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. Now, look at this here. So, I gave you the New Testament. I'm going to give you the Old Testament, too, so nobody has an excuse. It says, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, right, to show himself strong. So, he's looking to who to show himself strong to, right? Show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is what? Perfect towards him. It says, hearing thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. So you've done foolishly, you haven't kept your heart locked into me. So those with a different spirit keep their heart perfect towards God, right? Sometimes our behavior has slipped, but did our heart slip too? See, our outside behavior is trying to catch up to where our heart should be. Sometimes our outside behavior is a manifestation of where our heart is at. See, so, so we, we, we connect our heart first. Our behavior has to get in line because our, we've been living in this world, right? So, so, so we say around here, we're like, I don't know why they selected them. We select them because of their heart. They just made a mistake. Exactly. They, they, they made a mistake in an area you have expertise, but they're getting so much right that you can't even see. And their heart is Right? See, we look at hearts. That's why we're not offended with nobody. It's not mad at nobody. That's why we're allowing people to discover their purpose because we have to, we're, as pastors, we have to look at hearts, right? All right, so let's go to 1 Peter 1, and then we'll close out on at least this part of the message, okay? 1 Peter 1. Then we're talking about a different spirit, operating in a different spirit. And we're so uniquely made, but we just it's so easily conform. You know, Miles Moreau said there's so there's there's so many uh what's it so much so 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 much purpose buried in, in graves, so much potential, because the book is understanding your potential, I just get it right. Right? It's just buried in a grave, like people never achieve their potential. 
never knew nowhere near it because they spend their whole life trying to, trying to please everybody else except God. All right, so verse 13, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified just for the sake of time. The Amplified, not the classic that I normally read out of just the Amplified, or as Pastor Mel said, the Amp. We're going to read it out of the Amp, y'all, the Amp. She said it all cool. We're going to read it out of the Amp, you know. Yes, some of, some of my jersey have worn off on her. All right, so 1 Peter 13 through, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. It says, so prepare your minds for action. Be completely sober. Uh-oh, completely, right? Uh, in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely, there it is again, on the grace of God that is coming to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Live as obedient children of God, right? Look, do not be conformed, do not be conformed to the evil desires which governed you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. But like the Holy One who called you be holy yourselves in all your conduct, conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. Key point there is moral courage and godly character. Because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. Right? You shall be holy, for I am holy. So those that are with a different spirit aren't afraid to be holy. Like, like when you come to church, what, like what are we coming to church for? We're, we're, why do we give our lives to the Lord? We're saying I'm signing on to the kingdom of God. I'm coming to church to hear how to operate in the kingdom of God and how to operate in my God design. So, so I get it. I know, you know, I, I'm a strong communicator and sometimes authoritative. But my, if you've been around here long enough, my actions are show I love people no matter what. I, I love people. But some of that love has me imploring people to go, you're compromising your design. You're going to keep coming back. You're going to always be asking for help. You're going to be constantly being frustrated because you're trying to wear them and please him. It's just not going to happen. But that's not me holier than thou or what's wrong with you. That's me understanding the system trying to get you to understand what you're looking for is in the kingdom life. And I get the frustration of, of this present time. But the Bible says the sufferings of this present time, no matter how excruciating it is, no matter how long they've seemed, are worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed to you. Now, I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor. I've told you the story for the first 17 years. Now, some of y'all had a cushy for your first 17 years. Some of y'all were spoiled, got what you want. Gotta go what you want. You went to this camp, that camp, uh, this event. Parents made sure you had all the recitals and stuff like that. We couldn't afford none of that. You know how I learned basketball? I learned basketball while watching other people. And the guys that would go to five-star camp, which is a major camp in the country, when they would come back, you know, they would be bragging. It's Newark, New Jersey. Yo, they showed us this, that, and the other. I, I, I was paying attention. So I was taking bits and pieces of what they got in camp, even though I didn't go, in, go to camp because I couldn't afford to go to camp. So I would just learn from everybody else that had the experience. I would sit down, 
Like, what'd you just say? What was that? So, so, so the first 17 years is, and I thought, like, some of y'all operate like this now. I thought, like, wow, this is it, God? When is my turn? I'm 17. And, and I'm talking about from 1 to 17. Don't remember the first three years, but I couldn't think it was any better than how it looked when it was three. So, it's crazy. Right? Then, you know, you go through your college years, which is crazy, but I was so numb, I didn't really, couldn't, I didn't feel nothing. <laughs> like, I was literally numb all the time. Like, so I, nothing bothered me because I was numb. It was, when, I, when I would wake up and, and it would start bothering me, I'd just get numb again. Y'all know what I mean by numb, right? I don't have to get into that. All right. So then you, you I, I go through another crazy situation in a living relationship. That's another six years, Right? Then I start working with juveniles in New York, and I, I get myself together, but I'm still on this grind. My whole life is this grind. Then I finally moved to Ohio. I start completely from scratch at, at 29 years old. So I've gone through 29 years, and still there's no, I'm not getting spoiled nowhere. There's no positive results. There's no, I, even when I was out there in the world, it wasn't like I was rolling, like, you know, because I was, you know, some type of life of crime, and I had all this money. I ain't have money in God or out of God. Now I'm just keeping it real. So I had to figure out, I hustled. You know, I hustled. Uh, but this is what I'm trying to tell you. So then give my life to the Lord. I commit to God for real, for real, for real this time. Because I did it like a few times. So I commit for real, for real. Right? Then I meet my wife. Now I'm going through a grind there because we two different people. I'm from North New Jersey. She's from Columbus, Ohio. And we both lived in compromise for 30 years before we met. So now we, we, we bringing baggage along. Ho, ho, ho. So, so she's going like, where you going? No, no, wait, no. I, I, I can't come. I got to bring this too. Like, well, what is all this? No, we ain't taking that. No, no, no. This has been with me for a long time. And then I'm going to, so then she comes with me and I'm going to hold on a second. I got to get all this stuff. Well, what is that? No, no, this has been with me for a long time. So we both battling because we bringing on the baggage that was comfortable for us. Not what made us different, what made us accepted by them. But what we need, what we need to be one is I got to be uniquely me, she got to be uniquely her. We didn't know that. But, but, but God sent her in my life to, I had to, get, the only way I could deal with her is to get rid of the baggage. So I'm like, oh, let me just throw this away. Maybe, maybe we can make some room for you over here. All right, well, I'll get rid of this. We'll make some room. Okay, well, I'll just throw this away. Well, the same thing. She's over there going, well, the only way I can, I can keep up with this guy, I'm going to have to let go of this. Okay, well, hold on, wait. Well, well forget that. Well, hold, wait. Well, let that go, right? And eventually, when a lot of the baggage was going, we started to peek and see each other through all the baggage. And then once we saw each other, like, hold on a second. That's what I want right there. And I noticed I, I got the peak when I let go of this much. Man, I'm getting rid of all this stuff. And then she did the same thing. So now we come together as one. Now we discover, oh my God. I can't believe I ain't seen no part of me all my life. Because me starts showing up. So I looked in the mirror and I saw somebody else. Who was that? And God said, well, that's what I've been trying to get you to see the whole time, brother. You've been running from what I've been trying to get you the whole time. You've been thirsting for what you already had. You trying to be dumb, you never going to be dumb. 
There is no comparison for you. You got to get in my face to find out how to get fulfilled. You keep standing in their face, they're going to give you what they think is best for you. But they're giving you what's best for them, telling you you can wear it too. That's like Saul giving David his arm. He's like, listen, bro, I'm, I'm built different. I can't win this war with your armor. Matter of fact, I can't win this war with your armor. I can't win the war with none of the weapons all your soldiers have that have been trained in military to fight this battle. We're going to talk about David next week. But he said, I'm just going to roll with what works for me. I got this slingshot with five stones. Dude, that's a giant. We can barely take out their soldiers with the swords we have. You're going to roll with no armor, no sword. You're going to roll with some stones and a slingshot? Man, you done lost your mind. Yeah, yeah, but he had more faith in what, what he had in his hand, what God gave him, in, in, in his difference than he had in doing what worked for them. We trying to win with what they are doing. Oh, the, oh, oh, Jim Bob and them, you know, Hassan and them, man, they started the business doing such and such, man, I think I'm going to do, you know, so now you, you, know, you tell them. You, you've done this before, so I'm going to pick with you. So, you know, you, you tell them, yes, you know, yeah, we about, to, we, we, about to, we about to be paid. You know, we about to, you, we, ah, stack, stack, stack. What you going to do? Well, I was talking to, uh, you know, my, one of my boys, you know, and, and they got this thing going on. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do what they don't have happened yet, right? Right? You can say amen. Amen. Yeah, work with me. <laughs> right? 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 So, we doing that as opposed to there's something in you creatively that God gave you. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we take the creativity and we try to bring somebody along. They don't see it. They mess it up, don't they? Because they're not operating the same way. They don't have the same covenant and they're not picking up the same signals from God. They don't have a different spirit. They have a conforming spirit. So you taking on kryptonite thinking you want to be Superman. Superwoman too. You know, it's full service church. Right? Does that make sense? Right? So, so this is the thing. We got to, we, we, God, God's asking us, hey, I made you different. Embrace the difference. Get with me to find out how to use the difference. Does that make sense? All right, stand on your feet. That's all for today.